Hi, I'm Joanna Roach with the Mariah Mitchell Association, and you are listening to The Nature of Nantucket. I'm here today with Dr. Rich Blundell, who is our scientist in residence, uh, and he was also with us last summer. Uh, We just want to catch up a little bit on some of the projects that Rich has been working on and some of the programs he has planned for this summer. So welcome, Rich. Thanks for coming. Hi, Joanna. It's great to be back. Uh, I feel like I arrive at around the same time the horseshoe crabs come back every time. (laughs) They show up when I do. You should see them right now down down at like the creeks. They're just, uh, let's say, say they're very active. Yes, I bet they are. Um, so year two for Dr. Rich here. Uh, and I think that, you know, last year we kind of worked a bit on, you know, your relationship or the relationship of your work to the Mariah Mitchell Association and sort of how they were mutually compatible and what they were able, what that work was able to bring people. And we developed some programs that you are going to also offer this summer. Mm-hmm. And one of them is called uh, Earth Story Walk, and I wanted to chat a little bit about that and have you kind of describe it and talk about when it's offered. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it's great that in year two here that some you know the work and the research I did last year are really kind of culminating now um, into some new programming that um, seems to really align well with both Mariah Mitchell, what she was all about, and also what the Mariah Mitchell Association's up to. Uh, so the first one, um, the Earth Story Walk, this is a, uh, it's, it's actually pretty cool. It's a, it's a, a walk that I lead where I come with a backpack full of like props, geological props and biological props, things that I can help tell the story of the earth. And so we start just about the beginning of the earth, 4.6 billion years ago, and each stride on this walk, amounts to about um, a million years. So by the time we're done with it, we've walked a few miles. And as we go, I tell I tell the story of different thresholds in the Earth's evolution. And so, we, like I was saying, we start just before the Earth was formed, 4.6 billion years ago. And then I walk, as we walk, I, I tell the story of how the Earth formed and how, like, the, where the moon came from and how the moon af- affects the world that we live in today. And so I'm constantly trying to make reference back to how these events in geologic time have shaped life and have shaped us. And so as we walk, we learn about, you know, the the moon. We learn about how the oceans formed. We learn about um, how the continents formed and have moved around. But then it starts to get really exciting when life happens. So we talk about some of the theories about how we went from a non-living world to a world that's just bristling with life. And so I tell the story about microbes and cyanobacteria and then how photosynthesis began and how that led to more and more complexity and then how um, multicellular animals came into being and how they're using their environment to adapt new ways of being in the world. Anyway, then eventually, you know, we get into the to dinosaurs and we see what happened to them 65 million years ago. We see how, um, but see, and the, the cool thing is, is that as you do this walk, you know, we walk quite a ways before something interesting happens. And then we walk a little bit less till the next exciting thing happens. Then it's a little bit less until the next exciting thing comes. And by the time you get to the end, by the time you get to like the last, 
million years, we're really talking about one stride where, you know, so much history has happened in that last few inches. And then we even, I bring a little tape measure, put it down on the ground, and we reveal just how how minuscule the amount of time that has gone by since humans arrived on the scene. And then we look around and we just, we can see the impact that humans have had in just this tiny little fraction of earth history. So that's kind of, that's the, that's the structure of the walk. And, you know, a lot of questions come up a, a, along the way and a lot of, and in my backpack, I've got things that help tell that story. So I've got fossils, I've got, um, um, uh, different stone tools, different. And so, so for example, one of the things I pull out on this, on this, on this walk is what I can guarantee is the oldest thing that anyone who ever takes this walk has ever touched. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to come on the walk to find out. <laughs> I love it. That sounds great. And the walk is offered when, Rich? Uh, we're doing it on, oh, I should know this. Thursdays, right? Thursdays, all summer long. Two uh, o'clock? We, yep. And typically we meet at uh, the Gardner Farm, uh, unless it's unless it's posted otherwise. Um, and yeah, that's just a nice place to go because you can. it's wide open and you can see lots of things. Right. And then I think the other thing that is really interesting in terms of what you've worked on is the big history night. Mm-hmm. which you're offering up at the Lloyd's Observatory. Correct. Uh, yeah, this is actually, we take that whole story of the Earth and we actually blow it up. So instead of a 4.6 billion year story, I tell a 13.8 billion year story. So this one starts, it actually starts just before the Big Bang. I have a kind of, I kind of have a provocative way of starting the universe. And then it tells the whole story of the universe, how it came to be. So we start with the Big Bang, walk through this period known as um, the, the recombination event, which is wh- where the cosmic microwave background radiation comes from. Um, we learn about how there are fundamental dynamics at play in the universe that are fundamentally ecological in nature. And we see how those ecological dynamics play out over time. So then we see the birth of the first stars, we see how stars live out their lives and create the elements that become, you know, the, the living structures of today. We see how the planet formed. And again, and then it pretty much starts the Earth story from there. Once, once the, um, once the Earth is underway, I continue to tell that story. And I usually do that with some pretty interesting visuals. We have a nice big video screen up there and I can, um, show. Uh, with a, using a lot of C- CGI, um, how the universe has evolved. So it's the whole history of the universe in about 90 minutes. And you uh, and your expertise really comes from a study called Big History. Can you tell us a little bit about what Big History is? Sure. Um, this is a, it's actually a relatively new field. It's um, It's basically taking all that the sciences have been able to discern, all of the knowledge that's been garnered through science, and it strings it all together into a huge, expansive, coherent, inclusive story, a story that includes humans. So, you know, we, we haven't really even known this story 
since about 50 years ago. About 50 years ago is when we started to really see that there was a, that there was a, a narrative, a through line that was really coherent that showed how everything is connected. Everything's on a continuum, including human beings. And so it's basically, it's a scholarly field now. So I, I, uh, when I started, it was, I was, I was, I was one of two PhD students, uh, to get the first ever, uh, doctorate in PhD. And I had to go to Australia to get it because the guy who coined the, the term big history and the guy who basically started the field, that's where he was. So I went down there to study with him. So, yeah. And then I know that your work has really evolved to include <clears throat> a lot of ecology and relationships amongst nature and the relationship between art and nature. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, before I got into big history, ecology was my background. And um, a lot of times people think about ecology simply as the study of the relationships between like animals, organisms, and their environment. Well, it turns out that um, those same dynamics that drive those relationships pretty much drive all relationships. And so what we've come to understand is that the universe is one big ecology. And so coming from the ecological sciences, as I did, I started to view this whole story of the cosmos, which is really the story of nature. I, I looked at it through an ecological lens. And when you do that, when you start to see the universe as an ecosystem, it starts to reveal all kinds of amazing new insights that weren't previously available. So most of the time, science proceeds by taking things apart, by taking something out of, out of its context and looking at it in, you know, individually. Well, what we're realizing now is that you really have to put things back into context to fully understand them. And so it's kind of the flip side of what we call reductionism is a kind of holism to look at to look at these systems not just in isolation, but as um, as integrated matrix matrices of living of living organisms. So when you apply that to the universe, it's just suddenly you just see it in a whole new way. You see how the you see how the whole universe is a kind of alive. So it's pretty cool. And how did you start connecting art and nature? Oh yeah, well, well. If you take that idea seriously, that this is all, there is a big continuum, what you realize is that those dimensions of the human story that we once thought were isolated and separate from nature are actually part of it. And so when I realized that, I realized that I could start thinking about studying and interacting with the art world. <laughs> and it, it, there's, it's a long story. How much time? I mean, I don't know how much time we have here, but, um, as a scientist, there was a time when I went to, um, I went to this conference, a science communication conference in Florence, Italy, and I was trying to communicate, you know, ecological things. And there was a, there's a, there's a quite rare calcium carbonate deposit that's not far from where the conference was. And I wanted to go and see this calcium carbonate. And so, it, but it turns out I, I couldn't get there. It's Italy, for one reason or another, the trip didn't work. And 
the, one of the people that I was with said, you know, you can see that limestone because it's in these sculptures that are in this, this gallery across the, across the bridge. So I went across the bridge and I found myself, you know, in the Uffizi gallery looking at these sculptures made of this limestone that I wanted to see. And all of a sudden I started to feel like lightheaded and dizzy. I had this thing called Stendhal syndrome. You'll have to look it up. It's called Stendhal syndrome, but that happened to me. And what I realized was that it was, engaging with that art by the way i went there looking for this calcium carbonate but i found the power of art and it knocked me on my butt it was so powerful so what i realized that if you really want to communicate even if it's scientific knowledge art is the way to go and ever since then i've been working with artists to help communicate scientific knowledge and it's just been one wonderful surprise after another there are artists out there who get this stuff who spend a lot of time in nature and um, have really committed to getting people to appreciate the natural world through their art and so it's just been this amazing synergy which i think really speaks to something that mariah mitchell knew she was the one that said that we need more imagination and beauty and poetry in science and so it's just been a really nice way to to um, synthesize and manifest some of the ideas that Mariah Mitchell had way back when, you know, way back in the 1800s. Yeah, she definitely recognized the relationship between science and art and nature. And she appreciated the, you know, replication of patterns, right? And, you know, because a lot of this has to do with math and, you know, sacred geometry and some of those other sorts of interesting uh, fields. But I also think that, you know, Nantucket is an interesting place to explore these topics because the nature here is really just so rich and also so preserved. Mm -hmm. and that doesn't happen in a lot of other places. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, your experience with the nature on the island? Yeah, well, I, I've definitely immersed myself in it. I mean, I make it a point to go and be in nature for a good couple hours every day. I'm out there on the trails. I have a couple of secret special spots that I have found. And, um, I go there to, um, get inspired and, and reconnect and feel like I belong. I think that's, um, it's a much needed practice to for people to um to reconnect with the lands that they inhabit so that they can so that they can care for them and um so yeah that's been an integral part of it I, this is kind of my home habitat i mean i grew up you know, on, cape, on cape cod so it's very similar so i feel right at home in it um but it never ceases to amaze i mean the creatures that i run into every day uh, on this little island um it's just been, it's been fantastic. And I, so I can understand why Mariah Mitchell also had that really an affection for the natural world. Um, it's a hard place not to fall in love with, you know, once right. you're here, once you get to know it. So what are you most excited about for this summer? Well, <laughs> I'm just excited to be here and the beauty of it all and, and, you know, just be able to enjoy it. But we do have, um, a really cool exhibition coming up. So I've got, like I said, I work with a lot of artists who call them Oika artists. Uh, Oika is this idea that um, everything's connected and 
and it's the intelligence of nature that we connect with and when we do we can actually feel it and so i work with a, a handful of artists that uh, practice oika connecting deeply with nature and bringing that bringing the intelligence and the energy of nature to their work as a way of communicating that intelligence to people who engage with the art and so we're going to have a um, an exhibition starts June 15th and runs through July 12th. And each of the artists, there are four artists, each one has a specialty. We've got a Native American artist. We've got um, a couple of visual artists, a sculptor, and a guy who does uh, sound design. And uh, they're also going to be doing their individual workshops and activities. And there's a couple of workshops for kids. And we're going to be teaching an Oika for Artists course, which is a it's basically an Oika course designed spe specifically for artists to help them develop the, um, the ecological intelligence in their work. And so I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited for that as well. And I, I know that each of the artists that you've been working with has spent a lot of time immersed in the nature of Nantucket and really have tried to listen to, you know, sort of their inner sense of knowing as a way of expressing nature through their art. So I'm excited to see what they've come up with. If you want more information about this, you can go to the Mariah Mitchell website, uh, which is mariahmitchell.org, and learn about Rich and his work and the work of the artists who are going to be here for the, for the month. Um, and you can also go there to sign up for any of Rich's classes or offerings. And if you... Uh, yeah, if you are particularly interested in going on the walk or listening to the Big History Talk, all the information is right there. Do you have any sort of last words of wisdom, Rich? I have um, one thing to say, and it, and it's thank you to you, Joanna, for for having me here and for entertaining my ideas. There's a you know there's a novelist Wallace Stevens once said, um, "After the final no, there comes a yes, and on that yes." future of the world depends. And so I just want to say thank you because you've said yes over and over again to me. And um, I just really appreciate that. And, and I do believe in some way that the future of the world does depend on those kinds of yeses. So thank you. Well, you are very welcome. Uh, we appreciate your work and your sort of dedication to encouraging, you know, the folks of Nantucket to explore nature because, you know, that's the essence of life. And I really appreciate our talk today. So if you've been listening, I'm Joanna Roach with the Mariah Mitchell Association. Our podcast is called The Nature of Nantucket, and I've been speaking with Dr. Rich Blundell. Thanks, Rich. Thanks. Bye-bye.